Welcome to episode two of the Longleaf Podcast. My name is Andrew Dunn. I'm the founder and publisher of Longleaf Politics, the best way to follow North Carolina news and information. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2020 Republican National Convention, which may be held in Charlotte. We should be finding out as soon as this week whether the National Party selects Charlotte to host its convention. And just yesterday, on Monday, the Charlotte City Council voted 6-5 to five to support bringing the 2020 RNC to Charlotte after a debate that was sometimes heated. Today, we talk with Matthew Ridenauer, a Republican County Commissioner here in Mecklenburg County, and someone who has attended multiple national conventions about what this might mean for Charlotte if the selection happens as predicted. Here we go. So I have with me today Matthew Ridenauer, a county commissioner here in Mecklenburg County, a Republican and a delegate to both the 2016 and the 2012 Republican National Conventions. Is that correct, Matthew? Yeah, that's right. All right great. Well, thanks for joining us on the Longleaf Podcast today. Uh, we're talking today about how uh, the RNC would affect Charlotte if uh the national party ends up selecting Charlotte to host the convention. Do you have any inside info on whether uh, the party is actually going to pick Charlotte or not? Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, uh, it's a pretty exciting time to be looking forward to uh, the possibility of uh, the 2020 Republican national convention coming to Charlotte. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to discuss it with you. Uh, no, I don't really have any inside scoop. I mean, I've spoken with a number of folks who are on the host committee and who are involved in the conversations with uh, the Republican National Con uh, Committee. But, uh, but uh, you know, it looks certainly uh, that, that we're far and away the front runner uh, over Las Vegas. And so I think that a lot was hinging on the vote yesterday and wanting to see the city supportive of the effort. And so now that that's, you know, that's over and now we can focus on on Austin and actually getting uh, getting the convention here. So I think now that we're past that, I think things are uh, looking good for us. Great. And we'll come back to that in just a second. But first, so you were first elected to the county commission in 2012, which would have been just after the 2012 Democratic National Convention here in Charlotte. Uh, what were your impressions on how Charlotte was able to execute on hosting that convention? Well, I, I was. I, I thought we would handle it well, and, and we did. Uh, I had a number of folks uh, that, that were friends of mine that that uh, attended various functions with it, uh, within the DNC uh, when they were in Charlotte, and uh, they all said that they had a great time. Uh, that Charlotte was seemed well prepared, and and uh, they felt safe and secure. But then also at the same time felt very uh, free to move about the uptown area and and visit and, and go to the, the CNN uh, setup where they had the, uh, the live video going on from, I think it was the epicenter perhaps. Um, so everyone felt both safe, but also mm -hmm. free to, to enjoy the DNC. So uh, all reports I heard were very positive. Yeah, that's exactly what I heard. You know, I covered, uh, covered the 2012 DNC and that, that's a lot of what I experienced as well. Uh, now, a lot of the arguments for hosting uh, another convention come down to economic impact. And, and there was a study that came out that said that Charlotte experienced something like $164 million of spending. Uh, but a lot of the impact of a convention is more, uh, I guess, ephemeral or hard to measure. You know, 
is it just coincidence that since 2012, Charlotte's economy has boomed? Uh, or, or can we draw any of the recent success of Charlotte uh, business-wise and economic-wise to hosting that convention in 2012? That's a great question. I, I think we can certainly say that hosting a convention of, of that size and that caliber, um, while smaller than a Super Bowl, is still something that places a city on a national, um, international even stage. And so I think that that does help elevate the profile of a city. And that, and then, and we see in the future when businesses are looking at relocating or expanding, uh, those sea level executives, they're like, oh, where can we look? Oh, Charlotte. Oh, yeah, yeah, Charlotte. They were, yeah, they hosted that convention, you know, last year, uh, or or whenever. And so you you start to you know be able to receive some 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 economic benefit down the road even from the convention simply by the exposure that you're given. But then a lot of the, I think, the economic impact that, that I really uh, uh, am aware of because I experienced it firsthand and I saw it firsthand was, was uh, not the, the hoteliers and having full hotels and things like that, although that's certainly, of course, a very big impact and keeps a lot of people in those hotels employed and, and busy for a few weeks. Um, but really, all of the events that surround the RNC and all of the state delegation meetings and the state delegation events at various locations and things like that. And seeing how much, how many people are employed as bartenders and servers and restaurant workers and line cooks and chefs and Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and all those types of um, those folks who are, are, who are really going to receive for that week or two uh, quite a, quite an impact as far as you know, their, their bottom line. And that's, I think, what's really exciting as well, not just the, um, the world stage, but the actual impact to, to local residents. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there, there's a lot of categories of people who, who benefit economically from something like this. Uh, but I wanted to shift gears a little bit. You know, when I was listening, um, listening in to all the public comments uh, at the city council meeting yesterday, uh, where the city council ended up voting six to five to support bringing the, the 2020 RNC to Charlotte. Uh, there seemed to be some confusion on what exactly happens uh, at a, a national political convention. You know, you've been to a number of them at this point. Can you give a little insider uh, knowledge on what actually happens at these things? Yeah, happy to, happy to. Um, so national convention, at least the you know, Republican national convention is a lot of fun. I <laughs> just, uh, put it out there first. It is quite an experience. Uh, the RNC wants it to be uh, a larger than life production, I think, for delegates and alternates and their guests so that they, uh, they take that energy and their, that excitement back to their home states, back to their communities, and, and, and use that energy to help boost their, uh, the, 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 their, their presidential candidate. And so, uh, you know, I don't know how the, R, the excuse me, the DNC, uh, what kind of events they held here? Uh, I wasn't invited to them, but but uh, but but the but the RNC has for its state delegation, and so uh, during the typically there will be uh, some business being attended to more formalities than anything else during the day for the first day or so, maybe the first day, uh, but then day two begins uh, speeches, which may not sound necessarily that exciting to some folks, but, um, you know, if you're one of these, uh, 
you know, delegates and, you know, you really enjoy politics, you love hearing a commentator that you've seen on Twitter, they're there giving a speech or uh, local uh, mayor of cities like that. So um, it's really exciting to get those, you know, some of those speeches and then by the, um, the last two nights of the convention, especially all everything coming with the, the final night, you can kind of feel the excitement within the uh, the arena uh, building. Not just it's not there in on the delegation, surrounded by all these states, you know. And you've got Texas; they always have a day where they wear their 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 cowboy hats and their vests. And North Carolina delegation has a day where we all wear seersucker and various delegations, uh, you know express their state pride in some form or fashion throughout the week and you know you're also walking through the the halls of the of the arena and you you bump into uh uh you know a charles krauthammer or or m coulter or whomever the person may be and that's kind of neat to be that close to somebody that um that you know you've 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 followed their work for a while um at night state delegation events at an rnc so um and attended. I've gone to state delegation uh, events. Uh, I say events; it's really more like a party or a social event. Uh, but I've gone to events at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Brown Stadium, Devil Ray Stadium, uh, the Tampa Bay Yacht and Marina Club, Hall of Fame in Canton, um, the the Bucks Stadium down in Tampa. And so at nighttime, there are all these events where there, there are catered food and whatnot, and, and uh, delegations get to get together. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of an exciting event, you know, week. You, know, you get kind of tired because you're, you're going to meeting, you know, these, these uh, speeches all day and the, and the excitement of being at the convention itself. But then at nighttime, uh, you know, these social activities keep you pretty busy. And, uh, but it's all a very exciting, exciting time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember attending an, a number of some of those evening events. I went to a finance industry gala at the top of the Duke Energy uh, Tower, and I went to a green energy, I believe, uh, get together at 7th Street Public Market. So there, there's definitely a lot of that going on. Now, you know, overall, um, how much of the convention is is geared around one person, the, you know, the presidential nominee, and how much is more about the overall political process? How would you kind of weigh that out? Well, I, I mean, if undoubtedly, it, it, it you know the, the presidential nominee or the or or, or uh, you know the person that's expected to be the nominee at the end of the convention is uh, you know the, a focus of of the event. But it really is about I mean, the first day you're you're voting on the party platform, and if there are any rules changes and uh, platform changes to be made to the to the Republican platform. So things like that, that business is uh, an administrative activity is handled early on in the convention. Um, and it really is about the, 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 the process we have in the United States, the, for, the process that we're, we're fortunate and blessed to have um, that enable us to uh, put forward a candidate for president and then uh, and then and, and, and that whole nomination process. So certainly there is a, you know, whether it's President Trump or whether it was in 2012, President Romney, I mean, or uh, excuse me, presidential candidate Romney, um, you know, th that there are certainly, you know, 
a focus of the event, but it is about something so much larger than just one person or, uh, or, or, or one speaker or anything like that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the arguments opponents uh, of bringing the RNC to Charlotte in 2020 uh, uh, bring up repeatedly. And a lot of that uh, presumes that uh, the convention will be about renominating Donald Trump for president. And, and we're not going to get into whether into Donald Trump as a person or as a, a political figure, because that's not what this um, that's not what this podcast is about. But I, I do want to ask, so you were at the 2016 uh, RNC where President Trump was nominated for the first time. I mean, did uh, how did how did Cleveland handle it? I mean, was it uh, how, how well was it executed at, at that point in time? It was handled very, very well. I was really impressed with Cleveland. Um, no one really knew going into it what to expect as far as protests. Um, they had they had an excellent security perimeter set up. Uh, there was an area or two where some protesters gathered um, every day. Um, but at one point, I even walked through the protesters, and it was pretty apparent that I was a delegate. Um, I think I was wearing my seersucker and a straw boater hat, and I had my credentials around my neck. I mean, I pretty much st- stood out from another group of protesters uh, as a delegate. Um, and and I, had, I encountered no issues and no trouble at all. Um, uh, folks were protesting and which is, of course is our first amendment right to do so um, but never had any issues there um, the police presence was certainly st- strong and ever present but wasn't um, overwhelming where you felt like uh, uh, you, you you know that it was just uh, it didn't the police presence didn't make you feel like something was about to happen it makes any sense um, so yeah, so they do an excellent job of, of, of managing security for these events and, and, and having a tight perimeter and whatnot. But even beyond that, folks in Cleveland were, were really great. I mean, really friendly people. Um, they were all, every single person that I met was very welcoming of the RNC. And I, am, I have no doubt that many people I spoke to, you know, at a restaurant or, you know, getting a drink at a bar or at one point I had to go to, to the, the mall because I, I needed something. You know, everyone I spoke to, oh, well, you're in town for the RNC. Yeah, I'm a delegate from North Carolina. Every person was so friendly and welcoming and wished, you know, that I would have a good time and enjoy Cleveland. Uh, you know, I think I can't tell you how many times I heard, come back and visit again sometime. Um, and I think that the folks in Cleveland did a great job of, of putting their best foot forward, making everyone feel welcome, um, regardless of their own personal political ideologies. Well, that's great to hear and certainly encouraging. Well, again, this is Matthew Ridenauer, our county commissioner here in Mecklenburg County with us today. Uh, that's about all the time that we have. Uh, I guess we'll, we're expecting to find out uh, perhaps even sometime this week uh, which city uh, the Republican is choosing for its convention in 2020. And I imagine if uh, Charlotte is, in fact, the selection, we're going to be talking about this a lot over the next two years. Uh, But Matthew, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us for episode two of the Longleaf Podcast. We hope you learned something. If you haven't yet, please go to longleafpolitics.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter where we deliver you uh, everything you need to keep up with North Carolina politics. Again, that's longleafpolitics.com, and we'll see you soon.